0: We have a simple liturgy, it is just uh, three words, just come Holy Spirit. What we like to do at the beginning of the service is just reset our hearts and minds and say, God, I know there's a lot of other priorities going on, but in this moment, I welcome you. you alone. The door of my heart is open to you this morning. For this one hour that I've set apart for you, the door of my heart is open to you. So would you just pray with me simply? Take whatever posture you want, you can have hands open, whatever, just come Holy Spirit. We don't order you around. We just say the door of our heart is open this morning. Holy Spirit, come. Our mission as a church is to welcome Jesus into all of life. We're going to be talking more about that today. Uh, This really is a Vision Sunday. But God, that we welcome you into all, into everything. Nothing is in a no-go zone. We welcome you into all of life. We're going to worship simply this morning. We're going to worship um, boldly this morning. And uh, so, Destiny, would you lead us? Thank you so much for, for leading us this morning.
1: Would you join me as we worship our beautiful Savior, the Father of kindness, in whom we rest. to bring love. Do this one. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your. Perfectly, just to say how great he is. Ben. <laughs> Sorry, then sings my soul. Great are you, Lord. We'll continue worship through the act of communion. Good
2: morning. Uh, as I was preparing for worship or for communion this morning, um, I was reminded that communion is not just a snack at uh, Sunday service, but it's actually a you can also be referred to as the Lord's Supper, and the bread represents the meal of the um, supper, and the juicer wine represents the wine of the meal. We can't separate the two. This meal is what sustains us. Uh, in John 6, uh, it says, um, I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which man may eat but not die. The early church celebrated Jesus by taking communion. They saw that every time they gathered uh, to eat at a table, that it was a chance to recognize Jesus and thank him for all he's done. In uh, 1 Corinthians 11, it says, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So let's take the bread together. Let's drink the cup together. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. And thank you that you continue to pour out your life for us.
1: Announcements.
3: Good morning, Mission Vineyard. Um, We're very (laughs) good morning, Jan. We're very excited that all of you are here worshiping with us this morning, and we just have a couple of announcements. Um, So, firstly, If you are new, um, we'd love for you to give us some information so we can stay in touch with you. We have a contact card. Um, There should be some over there, and you can also fill one out online. And basically, we just want to know that you are here, and also you'll have the option to sign up for our weekly newsletter um, just telling you what's going on in the church. And you can also um, connect with the Connect card to get a prayer request as well if you'd like someone to contact you for prayer. Um, The big thing going on right now is next week is going to be our back to school Sunday. So we're going to be getting together just to um, pray over teachers and students and just everybody involved in going back to school. Um, And one tangible thing that we would like to do, and if you'd like to uh, also do that, is we're going to have some index cards over on the welcome table. Um, and you can see our Lita is showing you some. And we partner with the school Rogers Elementary in the area and um, we would just love to send them some words and encouragement, especially in this um, just kind of kind of trying year getting into the school year. So um, you can fill one out um, as you're leaving. You can also fill one out and um, bring it back next week if you want to take a little more time to do that. Lastly, we'd, um, like to just go ahead and pray over our offering. That is um, another tangible way that we can just um, serve serve the Lord um, through our finances. So let's go ahead and pray. Um, dear God, thank you so much for the blessings that you've given each of us. Um, I just pray that you would um, lead us each to give as we can, and um, I just pray that you would bless it for your work. In Jesus' name.
0: Thanks, Larissa. Good morning, Mission Vineyard. It's an honor to be with you this morning. You're an amazing church. Wow, I wasn't looking for for anything like that. That was great. Hi. We have the opportunity to be here to, with one another, to continue in the scriptures, to hear what God may be saying to us. What could God be saying to us in the midst of all that's going on? I know some of you have recovered now, thankfully, after a time of COVID. I don't know what that's been like. I haven't gotten it yet, although chances are just about everybody, you know, we have to stay safe. No, in Jesus' name, it's not going to happen. Uh, we are so glad, are so, so glad. That uh, you are recovering and that you're safe. There's so much going on in the news with Haiti, Afghanistan, and uh, teachers going back to school. I just want to take a time of prayer and, uh, and just wait. Lord Jesus, um, we don't want anybody to get this virus. We don't want anybody to suffer like they are in Haiti. We don't want anybody to go through what they're going through in Afghanistan. And so as a church in the West, in San Antonio, in Texas, in Bear County, with our simple needs and desires, our simple ideals for our life, we say, Lord Jesus, would you intervene, please, today? Come, Holy Spirit. God, we pray, especially uh, even in this country, Lord, we know that um, soldiers are being mobilized to serve uh, those at-risk places. Uh, Alberto... Uh, who led worship this morning, going tomorrow to serve in Mississippi. Uh, Lord Jesus, that these doctors, that you would keep them safe, these nurses, respiratory therapists, everybody who's involved. God, that you would take care of families of soldiers. We have so many here, God, uh, whose uh, spouses are serving, and uh, they are here serving as well with their families. Lord, would you come? We need you, Lord. Lord. The sickness and the evil of this world is too much for our humanity to bear. But you are king of the universe. And we believe in you. And we follow you. So would you lead us today. That this time today would not be wasted. That your word would speak to us, empower us, and lead us into your kingdom work. In this world, in our city, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So easily... We get distracted by different ideals when uh, trials come, thinking about those that are in Afghanistan now. Uh, there are so many that uh, have become followers of Jesus over the years, and now there are these micro churches in Afghanistan, women and children just wondering what to do, and uh, the, the Christians there, you would think, well, what are they going to do? It's illegal to be a follower of Jesus in Afghanistan now. And so automatically you think, well, these people of these microchurches, certainly their ideals are, they're steadfast. I mean, they're going to have the boldness and courage to go forward and preach the gospel and be who they are. Their identity is secure. They don't have any other ideal that is going to be uh, causing them to sway in any way. I mean, could you imagine now as anybody in Afghanistan, never mind a follower of Jesus, that you would think, you know, I wonder how my retirement account is doing. I don't think that that's what's going on there. I wonder, you know, if we can maybe get into a better neighborhood next year. These are wonderful ideals, aren't they? Each one of us has them. I've been dealing with my own tension of what is my ideal, even as a pastor, as a follower of Jesus. Is it the highest? Is it the best? And I I look to our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, and I go, Certainly, their ideal has to be so sharp right now. So in Matthew 22, we've been engaging the scripture over and over and over again, getting back to basics. How do we use the examples of our brothers and sisters around the world, and how do we listen to Jesus here where we are and lean into the best of the best? Well, let's hear from Jesus. What's the basic? What's the greatest? The religious leaders were curious themselves. They've always been curious, by the way. We'll get to that in just a moment. But they had Jesus to ask, and they asked him the right question. Jesus, what is the greatest ideal? What is the greatest commandment? What is the greatest spiritual discipline that you could ever have? And he said the basics. He said the Shema, the the Jewish prayer that said over and over and over again, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus says, what is the greatest ideal? Now we have it settled. If anybody was feeling nervous, what is the greatest ideal of life? Jesus has given it to us. Let's all go to lunch. Except it's not that easy, is it? It's basic. It is the ideal. This love is the greatest. But it's just not that easy to implement, is it? You know why? Because kids are hard to get up in the morning. Because the car breaks down and needs an oil change. Because the neighbor mowed this much on my side of the lawn, and I just don't like the way they mow. We're distracted by all kinds of ideals, aren't we? We have so many, and so many good plans. Having good ideals is great, but when... When significant things happen in life, we're caused to, to sharpen our ideals to what's the greatest. And you can imagine in Jesus' time, the Romans were on, they were conquering the world, they were overseeing all of Jerusalem, and so certainly the religious leaders were saying, "Hey, what's the greatest, the greatest? What Help us dial down? What is the most best ideal?" Our ideals are like thermostats of our lives, aren't they? when you set out, I remember being a college student saying, I'm getting my degree. Oh, wasn't this great when you got a degree and it gave you a job? I'm going to get a degree. And my dad said, John, if you get this degree, it's good. And I got it. And boy, was it messy afterwards. But my ideals were great, right? Getting a degree was good. Isn't that good? Getting a degree is great, ideal. Working hard is a great ideal. Getting a great job is a great ideal. Moving up in the world are great ideals. And they all are thermostats for our lives. They set the temperature for where we're going, how we're going to do it, how we're going to get there. Nobody has bad ideals, do they? Nobody goes to the, to the thermostat of their lives and then we say, you know, I hope I lose maybe 110,000 this year. I hope I just lose it. Nobody sets out the bad ideal. You know, I hope one day I can live... On the streets. Nobody does that. We don't get to those places because we have bad ideals. We get to those places because our ideals are inadequate. We set good ideals, but they're inadequate because we have the greatest ideals. What ideals are guiding us today? I'm sure they're good. You're all very respectable people. I'd love to have dinner with all of you. Certainly you have great ideals. If we put them all together, we're pretty awesome. We have good goals. I was looking at the, uh, the statistics for different countries uh, all over the globe. Uh, reading level, math level, informal mortality, how old people get in their country. All of these countries have set their ideals. It doesn't mean that they get to the top, does it? But we all do that. We all have our priorities. We all have our ideals, and they're not bad. There was a British educator. His name was Sir Richard Livingstone. He said that human failure, moral failure is what he called it, is not due to bad ideals. He said moral failure, when people make mistakes, when they make choices that are just sideways and they lead to worse situations... Moral failure are not due to bad ideals. They're due to inadequate ideals. Places in our life where we haven't set the bar. Not high enough. Just not in the right place. So Jesus says, the greatest ideal is love. And he's about to show himself as love in the next scripture we'll see. In another situation, Jesus was in a synagogue. He was... Uh, given a scroll. You can imagine there was a podium, something like this, maybe not as plastic and metal. Jesus gets up, and he's handed a scroll, and it's a scroll of an earlier book. It's a scroll of Isaiah, Isaiah 61, and he reads it. This is Luke chapter 4, verse 18, when he's doing this. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Could you imagine getting this scroll? Hey, I'm going to invite just anybody up read this verse. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And, and then he does a mic drop. He rolls up the scroll, hands it to his attendant sits down, and everybody looks at him like something that he just said was out of the ordinary. It was a scroll of Isaiah. But as they were all looking at him, he then began to speak. Sitting down, mic dropped. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Isaiah 61 is in a place in Isaiah that comes after lots of judgment. Isaiah is a book of judgment and hope, judgment and hope, judgment and hope. And here in Isaiah 61, we get to some real hope. And here's the hope. In Isaiah, it was written out, hey, you, Israel, you guys are going to be the ones that represent God. You're going to to have the ones that hold the biggest ideals for the rest of the nations. You're going to make sure that all the neighbors that are around you get treated really well. You're going to be the ones that show justice to one another. You're not going to steal. You're not going to use each other's Netflix Netflix codes and HBO codes. You're going to be straight shooters. You're going to have sharp knives. You're going to be going, somebody heard that one, and they went, what? Israel had Netflix They were going to be the ones that held the highest ideals and represented to the rest of the world who God was like. That when you love the Lord your God, you love your neighbor as yourself. That's the highest ideal. Israel was going to look like that, except they failed. They failed because their own disillusionment. Raise your hand if you've ever been through any kind of failure. And you thought, God, where were you? And that's exactly what Israel did. They had been oppressed. They had been exiled. They had gone all over the place. And little by little, they thought, is this God really true? Do his ideals really, really matter? And so the judgment comes. And Isaiah talks about the judgment. And then all of a sudden, the hope comes. And so you think the hope that's described in Isaiah is, don't worry, Israel, you're going to get better. Just reset your ideals and let's go again. But it's not that at all. The prophet, and we don't know if the prophet's helpers, because Isaiah has died at this point, we think, but at some point, they write the prophetic yearnings of Isaiah, the truth of what was necessary in order for the truest ideals to run the world, in order for the actual kingdom of God to be running on the ideals of God to represent God, it would take God himself to come. A servant, a suffering servant that would come and die for us, for losing our way along the way, for losing our idealism, for losing the truth that the best way to live is actually God's best. And there's no adequate replacement. Everything else is inadequate. So Jesus boldly says to them, everything and every ideal that you've ever hoped for you and your people, everything that you've wanted for your kids when they grow up, all the prayers you wish that they would say when they were on their knees at their bedside, every time that you wished you were at their bedside with them. Every time you wished that you weren't angry uh, when you were driving and somebody cut you off. I know it was me, I'm sorry. Every time you started lying instead of telling the truth because you wanted to hide how bad the situation was. Every time you weren't honest, every time you were afraid that someone was gonna see your search profile and whatever. Every time we Mixed up our ideals and we lost our way. Jesus says, I am the fulfillment of love for you. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. You have tried your best. It takes more than your pushing and striving for ideal for my kingdom to come on this earth or in your heart. It takes me. In your hearing, The ideal has been fulfilled. I am, Jesus said, the fulfillment of love. And you must follow me. We can't do it on our own. Have you ever tried? Have you ever really tried? Maybe some of you said, it's 2021. That means something to me. It's 18 years since this date that this happened. This is going to be the year that I love the Lord my God with all of my heart I'm going to do it. I'm going to lay down everything. I'm going to fast every day. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to just going to be great and I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. Do you know I have lists? I've done this. I have lists of people I'm going to love. I pray for them four to five times a week. That's the honest truth. I wish I could say every day that they would know the Lord. Do you know how much I actually love them? Boy, I'm so frustrated at myself. I go before Jesus and I go, "Jesus, there's like a hundred people here. I love them. I want to love them. But I, I'm afraid to even call them. The opposite of that failure that I feel when I make that mistake or others is not striving again to a greater ideal It's surrender and humility that I can't lift that ideal up on my own. I never have been, and I never will. The opposite of that failure is not getting a guru and trying again or paying more money or or setting another ideal that's a little less and going for that and saying, I'm successful now. That's not the opposite of failure either. I wish I could distract myself that way. God just won't let me. The opposite of that failure is his love. My humility to his love. Where I finally lay down and I go, God, I can't do it. I've never been able to do it. And I've been trying so hard to accomplish all these things. To make a name for myself. To do what you want me to do. To represent you to people. And I can't do it. And he said, that's why I'm here. I will fulfill it. He is love. And when he says, I've come for the poor and the captive and the oppressed to fulfill God's favor to people, he's talking about us. We are the poor. We are the blind. We are the captive. We are the oppressed. Jesus has come for. Favor and fulfillment don't belong to us. They don't belong to Israel. They belong to Jesus. Every fulfillment of every ideal is his and his alone. And so when we say that the biggest ideal is to love the Lord your God, what we're really talking about, the biggest ideal is to lay humbly before the servant of God, anointed to fulfill love in the earth, to bring the kingdom of God here, to lay humbly before him and say, I can't do what you can do, but I choose to follow you. Isaiah is full of places where people have decided either to reject the servant or to repent in front of the servant. We know those places that we're supposed to repent, right? When our good friends come up to us and they say, I don't think that's the way you're supposed to be going, when they have the boldness. I was in small group the other night, and I brought something big before my small group. I said, I'm thinking about doing something. And they went, that's the stupidest thing that I've ever heard. And I went, oh, oh, I'm really glad I asked. But it was a gut punch of humility. I said, guys, I don't want to fall like generations have fallen before me. I want to go with God and his ideal. And so it took a humility. I come before you, Jesus. The humility of the small group is the best because it leads us to the ideal of Jesus and following him more clearly than ever. Small group leaders, Would you stand up for just a moment? These are the people in this church that have submitted themselves self-sacrificially to say, I will create a place where this kind of humility will come forth. I will set the tone. I will be the most humble often. You'll come into my home and it'll be dirty and you'll forgive me and it'll be okay. These are the ones that say, I want to welcome Jesus into all of life, and I'm going to lay down my own leadership so that you do that too. I'm going to do it imperfectly. My discipleship will not be about you following me. It'll be about following Jesus and doing it together. Right now, church, will you, with me, pray for these small group leaders as we send them to do the work that they've been called to do? Can we pray for them? Lord Jesus... These leaders in front of us have been called to create space for the kind of humility that's necessary to raise up the greatest ideals, which is you. Would you make them people of humility? Would you make them people of your own heart? Would you strengthen them where they feel weak, clothe them with your light, fill them with life, send your holy angels to minister to them and their families, guard and protect them from all sickness and harm? give them space to be humble before you in the presence of their small group lead them forward we ask in Jesus name amen victor frankl in a book called man's search for meaning says this the way in which man accepts his fate and all the suffering it entails the way in which it, he takes up his cross gives him ample opportunity even under the most difficult circumstances to add a deeper meaning to his life. Love is the ultimate and highest goal to which man can aspire. And Victor says, in the midst of his own, really, slavery, he says, I grasp the meaning of the greatest secret that the human poetry and human thought and belief have to impart, that salvation of man is through love and in love. What if Carrying this highest ideal wasn't about striving. What if it was about laying our lives down first, being humble before God and others and saying, my dear ideal, my dearest place of ideals to love the Lord with all of my strength and to love my neighbor as myself, but I can't do it. What if we as a church, what if our vision was to welcome Jesus into all of life together and submit ourselves humbly day after day? It's so different Dorothy Day, I don't know if you've heard of her, just a dear, dear servant. She said, Christians are commanded to live in a way that doesn't make sense unless God exists. If God exists, we can have all the competition of ideals that we want. But if God exists, then there's only one ideal. If God doesn't exist, people can have all kinds of competition. But we are called to live in a way that doesn't make sense. Jesus says, follow me. Don't live in pride. Don't reject his lordship. Don't reject that he's come to fulfill this. Just raise up your hands and surrender and let the love of the world, the Lord of the kingdom come. And carry the ideal for us and let us follow him. I don't know if you've been watching much of a new video series that's come out, but uh, there's about a 10-minute clip I want to play for you, and then I'll come back and close us. Maybe we can start over with the sound up, or we can figure that out.
3: Simon, it's been a month since you have visited Ima.
4: You know how it's been work, and I know. I haven't been a good, please, please listen to me. I've been fishing on Shabbat because I've had no choice. Andrew has text dates, I've got text dates. We haven't been able to keep up. I did some things I'm not proud of to fix it and now it's gone (coughs) (coughs) bad. We're in trouble.
3: We, what do you mean? I,
4: am in trouble. But we, because I need a miracle or I can be in big trouble. We could lose the house. What? If I don't catch a tunnel or get some help somehow, they'll arrest me. Yeah, so I need to go Go where? The fish, I gotta spend the rest of the week doing nothing but catch every fish I can
1: and hope I can fix this somehow. But no more talking. Maybe God can get your attention now.
5: James and John,
1: when I presume. When the video is
4: over, I want you to fish.
1: And who brought the old man?
4: I heard one. you need a real fisherman. This
1: top one.
4: Well, uh, we am only so many hours in the night, huh?
1: Let's fish. Tim, Come around. Sometimes the sea bests all of us. It's not your night.
4: It's him. Simon, it's the man. John said he's here right now. May I ask a favor? I'm teaching these people and apparently they're having trouble hearing me. If I could stand on your boat, that would be helpful. They're having trouble hearing you, huh? Yes, yes, of course. Please, please, stand on my boat. Thank you. I need to go. I'm sorry. No time for this today. Stay a few moments longer. I have something for you. For me? Uh, I'm in a hurry? Yes, I know. Just allow me a few moments. I'm Jesus. Thanks for this. Simon. In my last moments with you, I want to share another story. Because I'm on this boat, my final parable should be about fishing, yes? Simon, please send me that net. This net gathers fish. All kinds of fish, yes? Yes. All kinds of fish. And the kingdom of heaven is like what happens next. After the net is full, Simon and the others draw it to the shore, sit down, and sort out the fish. The good fish go into the barrels, and the bad fish thrown away. So it will be at the end of the age. Angels will come and separate the evil from the righteous, and throw them into a fiery furnace. Do you understand? These parables I tell make sense to some, not to others. Be patient. That is all for today. I have some business to attend to with my new friend. Put that down for a catch, a little farther out.
1: Uh, I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher, but we've been doing this all night, nothing.
4: All right, at your word. Brother and a baptizer. <laughs> you are
5: the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I
4: am, the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long, we believe, but my faith, how sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. What do you want? From me? Anything you ask, I will do. Follow me. You have much bigger things ahead of you, Simon, son of Jonah. Did you understand that parable I told earlier? From now on, I will make you fishers of men, and you are to gather as many as possible, all kinds. I will sort them out later.
0: Jesus loves you so much. He's been waiting for you to just surrender. Isn't it time? Isn't it time we just said, Lord, I, I give up. It's all yours. I know my ideals have been scattered. I know I've been distracted. It's all yours. I'm done. I'm done. And what does Jesus say? Does he say, okay, now recommit yourself to all the greatest laws? No, he said, follow me. That's it. To love the Lord your God, just love your neighbor as yourself, takes one decision, just follow me. There was a prayer team praying for you this morning. There's some words up on the screen. Someone who feels bound, come to the Lord He wants to set you free. Someone struggling with fear, locusts that have stolen two years, God will return tenfold. Just just lay it down. These teams are here for you this morning as we continue to worship. Any physical, emotional, spiritual need, they're here for you to just say, I just give up and I want Jesus to follow. I wanna follow him. As you're watching that video, you may be thinking of friends and family that you just wish would surrender as well. Over the next couple of weeks, the church has set itself in a place to be especially welcoming to those who are new. A new series on forgiveness and fear starting in September. Next week, a week to welcome all those teachers and kids and families that are anxious about what's going on in the world to come and get prayer. Next week, to receive notes of encouragement. This is the time when we begin to follow Jesus and let him lead the way. And all those other Simons out in the world that are struggling with their debts, they get to get Jesus' love too if we just follow him. There's no greater love than Jesus. Take a minute. Allow the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would and just speak to all those places that we need to surrender. All those places that you want to set us free. All those places of loss that we've been striving to put back together. And God, all those places we know that we just can't do it on our own. Would you minister to us right now as the worship team leads us?
1: So I had originally chosen another song, but I feel that one of the most potent things we can do is just give our life back to the Lord at this moment. So if you would join me and take my
0: God, since the creation of the world has been pursuing us, pursuing a relationship with us, He, the whole arc of the scriptures, the whole arc of history is God coming towards us, wanting to save us, wanting to rescue us from what's going on. In the middle of that arc is the cross. And there's nothing else that we can say at the foot of the cross. There's no other ideals that matter. It's just Jesus speaking to us and saying, I died for you. I've done all of this for you. All of your sin, all of your mistakes, anything that's ever been done, all the inadequacies of your life, I've done this for you so you can just follow me. For those of you who have never made that decision before, I ask you to make that decision today because every other ideal is inadequate. Would you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, I am so sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I can be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit Spirit. to be with me forever. I want to follow you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you have said that prayer for the first time or it's been a while, if you've been living a life that's inadequate against the challenges of your day, God wants to set it simple for love to come into your life just by following him. Please don't leave without seeing a prayer team. They're there, they've trained, they're confidential. They just want to be with you as you welcome Jesus into all of life. That's our mission. And our vision this year is that we would be those humble people willing to lay down all of those other ideals so that he would be welcomed into every part of life. There is no greater love than Jesus. There's no greater ideal than him. Would you stand with me and just receive this blessing as you go? I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that you would go out laying down all of your other ideals and following him, being set free by all the striving, that God in his spirit, God his Savior, God Father would give you everything that you need for the best life. I bless you in Jesus' name. Don't leave today without picking up a card. Write a quick note to a teacher if you can. Invite a teacher next week. Next week, we're going to really bless them the best that we can. Invite your friends. This is a season where people get to be set free. And I know you know people like Simon that need to be set free. Begin to invite them these coming weeks. Bless you. Have a great week.